Hey, Zephram. Hey, Joe. Hey. Hey. It's spooky season. Oh, it is. I, yeah. Spooky season is my favorite time of year besides Christmas. And you know what that means. What does it mean? You know what that means. Oh, I know what it means. Yeah, you don't have to tell me. But just in ca- hypothetically, if you were telling someone who didn't know, what, what would that mean? That means spooky movies. Spoopies. Okay, so today we are going to review a movie called The Ritual. The Ritual. Um, so, I I just I want your first impression. Okay, so we just watched this. Yeah, we just watched this like literally. We'll probably do another couple minutes, spooky yeah. episodes for all of October yeah. because it's October. It's spooky season. Um, we just watched The Ritual. Net was it a Netflix? Uh, I. Mean, I th- think it, it was bought by Netflix. Okay. There's no difference anymore. Netflix original doesn't mean anything. It just yeah. means that they supplied the money. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, directed by David something. Mm-hmm. Um, and with starring people. Yep. This was a really good movie. I do have a couple slight complaints. Yeah. But overall, it was a really well done horror movie. And I was surprised I'd never heard of it. It was very underrated. I know. Um, but if you haven't seen it, this movie is about... Four guys going on a hiking trip to honor their dead buddy. So there were five guys. One of them got murdered in a liquor store robbery. Um, and the other four go on a hiking trip because he always wanted to go hiking. And it's like to honor him. It's in Sweden. These are British guys. British in Sweden um, to go on a hiking trip uh, to honor their buddy. And so, uh, and then they decide, one of them has a twisted ankle. And they say, oh, crap, let's just cut through the forest to get back quick. And it turns out that was a bad idea. Um, because in the yeah. forest there is creepy stuff. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into spoilers in a second, I guess. Um, yeah. But my original thought. So this, I'm gonna try to go in order of like the thoughts I had watching the movie was okay. first of all. For the record, I have already seen this, so this was not my first watch. Okay. Of the movie. So the opening scene is a flashback six months before the hiking trip. It's not a flashback; it's just showing you what happened. So two of the guys, the main characters, are they all have names like. Chris and John and Dom and like Adam. I, for honestly, they could be named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. For all I know, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what their names are. But one thing that was really cool is that even though I don't remember their generic names, every character was very distinct yeah. and well written. So I like I can distinguish them clearly in my head. Yeah. Even some of my favorite movies, like The Thing, I can't do that. Yeah. Like like a lot of them you can, but there's a couple characters in The Thing that kind of blur together. Yeah. Um, with ensemble and that I mean that's just because it's the larger cast um, but this movie every character is distinct um, so that was one plus another thing was that opening scene at the liquor store where Luke and his friend are in there and the friend gets murdered with a machete was absolutely horrible like yeah, brutal it was gruesome it was very gruesome and dark um, so that was a, an original thought and then another thought I mentioned to you during the movie was I love the way the dialogue is written yeah once once they're on the hiking trip their dialogue is so natural and it's the way it's like the way that dudes actually talk to each other yeah. on a hiking trip <laughs> like just teasing each other and being absolutely just yeah you know no, horrible all the all the dialogue was so natural and very like all the actors had very good chemistry yeah it was like yeah. real I didn't for a second think these are actors acting you yeah. know it was really good um, you okay your turn 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I no, I just think it's a really solid movie. Um, yep. I like I like the length of the movie. Um, yeah, it's it was not super long. Short. It's not drawn out. One of my favorite things about this movie is spoiler alert. It does right, spoilers not, from here on out. Every we're. It doesn't matter. I just like to say it so people can turn it off if they want. So at the end of the movie, like the movie ends, he hits the monster, he runs out of the woods, and then he leaves. And then what, what most modern horror movies do is try and set up for a possibility for a future as a franchise. Yeah. It's so annoying. It is very annoying. Because I just want closure. I like the idea that he went into this forest after a horrible experience of losing his friend and then lost the rest of them and like that sucks yeah you wouldn't have gotten a happier ending yeah with a more mainstream horror movie i just like how concise it was spoiler alert they all die they all die so yeah they go into the forest and sleep at a creepy house and there's a weird so it gets into like weird sim it's like midsummer without all the nudity yeah um it's very it's like into the Swedish Nordic folklore witchcraft type stuff and you're yeah. they're finding these cultists in the woods there's a monster that looks like a big old moose mm-hmm. at least that's what it looks like at the beginning there's a big old moose on its hind legs and then at the end when you see its face and its eyes it's definitely not a moose no. it's weird um, CGI um, was pretty good for the I'm assuming low budget but yeah um, um, I think with a budget of around a million bucks that's which is crazy low by today's standards yeah um, I yeah so it follows these they're they're walking through the woods and they stumble upon a house and the house is super creepy because there's some weird idol up in like the upstairs room pagan idol pagan yeah. idol with like antlers don't, like, just don't be a pagan yeah that's the it's, moral that of, it's that it's easy it's that easy <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways all of them wind up having nightmares the main character is reliving his trauma of losing like seeing his friend get murdered in the store um, really cool visual stuff very with that. creative he has these nightmares where he's walking through the forest and it becomes the liquor store but the floor is it's still the forest floor but yeah. they recreate yeah, really yeah, cool it's very creative um and he finds his friend praying to the idol like unconsciously they move on they go back to sleep. Was that before the first friend died? I don't know. They go back to sleep. Nightmares happen again. Hoo-ha, hoo-ha. Scary store in the woods. Uh, and then they stumble upon a village. And the village offers up one of them as a sacrifice. So at this point, one of them is being offered as a sacrifice. And the main character. Those are the only two characters left. Yeah, those have been Besides killed by these, the monster. Yeah, yeah. like they get stuck on trees. They keep finding these animals stuck on trees. And these people like ripped open and like hung on these tree branches. Uh, and then they realize that this weird Swedish cult like offers it uh, offers people up to this weird Nordic god. Like the, yeah, the they're all like chanting "Subscribe to PewDiePie." He's yeah, bad. I hate you. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he makes it. He he made one rational decision of punching that old lady in the face. That was the funniest she scene in the movie. So funny. He just like he's gone through all this. He's setting yeah. demons on fire. Weird. Yeah. Cult. They don't really explain what that stuff is. It's no. just like creepy. Okay, this yeah, is like, supernatural demon yeah. stuff. And they're not like setting up rules for them to potentially break and like yeah. construct themselves with. They're no, just they're just giving you the super. from his point of view. Like, what the heck is going on? I don't know. I'm setting it on yeah. fire, just like his friend said before he died. Yeah. yeah and then this old lady finds and he just decks this old lady yeah, right in the so face. Funny. So funny. Um, uh, and then he eventually escapes, gets out of the forest. Um, I thought it was kind of cool. Like thematically, to have the yeah. main character who like ran away from that conflict and lost his friends, and that was the only way he was able to survive the events of the movie at all. 
was by by uh, right. running away. Yeah. Well, yeah. I also thought like he lost his friends. He was watching his friends being murdered by this thing. Yeah. And then well, had to continue to not only live through that trauma, like actively, like having those nightmares and everything, but then actively choosing to like re like. And I, I think all the best. All the best horror, not all the best, but most of the best horror movies. I almost said modern horror movies, but it goes all the way back to like the Changeling. Story-driven horror movies. Yeah. So um, when it's not just, because there are great horror movies that are just gore fests. Like, yeah, I'm thinking of the original Evil Dead, you know, like it's a great movie. It has nothing to do with character motivations. It doesn't matter. The motivations are demons are killing us. Yeah. But most horror movies now, and then even back in the day, more story-driven ones, um, they, what you have to do is you have to establish an external threat with an internal threat. It has to you have to play both sides of the coin there because if it's yeah. just external, you're not going to care as much. Yeah. Um, and they don't have to be related in the sense that one causes the other. They just have to be thematically related. Yeah. And that's what this movie did, where it established the external threat as there's literally a giant monster and a cult that worships it in these woods trying to kill us. Yeah. But then the internal threat was him dealing with the consequences of his own cowardice mm -hmm. at not but it really wasn't even cowardice so like that that's the cool thing they did in the movie too is like they portray it his friend is standing there he hides behind a shelf at the very beginning you know and his friend gets murdered while he just sits there but it's it's not like he they had they had weapons you know yeah. it's not like he really could have done anything but you he is ashamed of not doing anything at the yeah. same time and his friends have conflicting opinions about him you know they kind of lose respect for him because he let their friend die or whatever so they play it like that um, and then that internal conflict plays into the whole story yeah. you know and that that's how you do a good horror movie now i mean you have yeah. obviously the same kind of things in movies like the thing yeah. um, where you have that mistrust of each other playing it in the loneliness playing into the external threat of the monster and then you have um, the Shining, it's like the family troubles underneath the surface and all that stuff. So yeah. um, the best horror movies tend to go that route, and this one did a good job of that. Um, and then also, one thing I thought was really interesting was just the character dynamics were so well written. Mm -hmm. So like you have, you're establishing that the leader guy, um, whatever his name is, is uh, the one trying to keep the peace and keep everybody on track, but. You also get you establish that okay he's a little bit too confident in his own abilities you know yeah. he doesn't want to he wants to seem like he knows what he's doing um, and then you have a character who is the only character to vocalize to the main character hey I think you're a coward for letting our friend die you're a weak spineless scumbag mm -hmm. and the character that says that is the weakest most whiny character of all of them he's physically the weakest and he doesn't like hiking and he's just a yeah. little chubby and all that stuff so it's like the fact that you're having that character be the one to vocalize that was very interesting because mm -hmm. then there's the whole dynamic of well they're all taking care of him throughout the whole movie um, and then you the leader who's keeping the peace is the first one to die yeah. So now you've got just the characters who hate each other. I mean, and the, the, <laughs> the other, other guy. Um, yeah. They're the only ones left, and so that interplay that's just that's just good writing, you know. Like I, yeah. it's just, it's just you know. And I remember thinking when it happened, when the first guy died, how is this? How are they going to write the dynamic now? Because sometimes if you kill a character, it's just like in real life if the mutual friend leaves. And it gets really awkward, you know, or whatever. It's yeah. like if you kill a character, sometimes the, you don't know how to write the dynamic. But I think they did a really good job of making that progression flow naturally. Oh, I agree. Um, I think my really the only negative critique I have about this movie, which really isn't a negative critique because they make up for it, 
with being able to see the monster as much as I did. Which happens in a lot of horror movies. Like it, the movie would have gone a lot better. It would have had a much better atmosphere of having this ambiguous, vague creature. You get glimpses of it. You can see kind of like the horror. It feels like Lovecraftian. Like mm-hmm. you can't even like describe it. And it's like not like tangible to know how scary this thing is. Mm-hmm. You just know it's hunting them. And then you get a full glimpse of it, and you're like, oh, okay, well, it's kind of ruined it. Now and it's then, just like a, being at the zoo. It's just yeah. a big creature. Yeah. But the creature design is so odd and weird and unsettling and unsettling that it makes up for it to where when i did see it i couldn't stop looking at it and figure out what was happening and the the fact it has like the two trunks but they're actually human arms coming out of its face weird stuff it's a giant so picture a giant moose except from the neck instead of a head upwards extends like the upper half of a body and its arms are holding out antlers and then the lower half Instead of like a mouth or a jaw or anything, it's the top half of a person coming out with arms. It's so weird. I can't describe it. It's so gross. Yeah. They, well, and also, because I was thinking that too, like most horror movies benefit from not showing the monster. Yeah. But then I was thinking, that's not always the case. Yeah. You just have to really, really, like the horror has to actually come from the way the monster looks. Yeah. Most of the time, that's not the case. Like, if you're making a werewolf movie, mm-hmm. the horror is never going to come from the way the werewolf looks because it's just a big dog. You yeah. cannot make a scary werewolf movie and show the monster. Yeah, um, at least just in glimpses. Because like you think of like Amer- an American werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. So all it does is show when they get attacked at the beginning, they just get flashes of oh wolf thing. Yeah, because it's just a guy in a suit. It's going to look dumb if you show it until. They do the awesome prosthetic transformation scene, and then they show the whole thing yeah. because that and that works because it looks so yeah. creepy and and good. And then I was thinking, my favorite horror movie of all time is The Thing, the thing. and it yeah, yeah. shows the monster extensively yeah. because the horror is like existential dread just from the way the thing looks. It's yeah. like Lovecraftian, like that is so unsettling to look at. Yeah. Um, that that actually drives the horror. So you can do it, but in most cases, you're going to benefit from not showing the monster because unless you have, like, I almost feel like you need a psychology degree to be able to design (laughs) a good horror monster. You know, because, like, if you're just making, like, ooh, big and scary, it's not going to... It has to be unsettling. It can't just be scary. And this movie, even though I do think they showed it a little too much, I I think it it was fine because of how unsettling the design was. So. Yeah, and and something I was gonna say about the thing is that even when you do see it, for the majority of the movie, it's never like concrete what it looks like. No, it's and shifting. It's, it's and always you can't get a good mental shifting. grasp on it's it. It's always changing, and mm-hmm. if it's like as a person, it feels unsettling because now you know that person isn't real. It's like uh-huh. something very odd and unnatural is happening with that person, but, which makes you feel uneasy. And the only reason that works is the practical effects. Yeah. And I was thinking about that too because if they had done if you do CGI, it's not scary because your brain your brain can interpret that. It knows it's not real. It yeah. just knows. But when you're using actual prosthetics to make it look like human skin and it's physically there and you're actually filming it, a rubber human skin fleshy machine that you've yeah. built, your brain knows it's real as far as it's physically actually there on set, mm-hmm. um, but it is not human and it does yeah. not, it's not a real thing. And it, that's the unsettling part. Um, yeah. So another, I was going to say my one criticism of this movie, and I don't even know if it's a criticism. It was just something I was thinking of. 
when they when the creepy stuff first starts happening, like they get in go into the house, they find the pagan idol, they have the crazy nightmares and the weird demon stuff, and then they go outside of their cabin in the morning, and there's carvings on all the trees, like omens, mm-hmm. like get, whatever it is. They don't, and see, this is why it can either be a praise or a criticism. They none of the characters hypothesize. <laughs> what they think it is. Yeah. There's no characters at any point talking about like, okay, what the heck is, what is this? Is there a monster doing these things? Is it a cult? Is it like, cause those things were all going through my mind at this point. They haven't revealed what's going on. Yeah. You've got some cult vibes, but you've also got a glimpse of a monster. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. The characters never seem to care. They're just like, we got to yeah. get out of here. I, but they, in most horror movies, but then again, it's like, it's kind of nice to have a horror movie where the characters don't spend half the movie going, <laughs> Duh, what is this? They didn't have a research scene. They didn't have a research scene, yeah. exactly. But then at the same time, I felt that was the one place where the dialogue <laughs> slipped for me as being unrealistic. was yeah. like, okay, I'd be trying to figure out yeah. what's going on. But then they finally do, I think it's after the first guy dies, um, they start talking to each other and the the chubby guy with glasses the guy at the knee hurt mm-hmm. knee um is like it's a cult he's 100 percent sure it's a cult um, and then they find footsteps and he's like see i told you there's footprints there's people out here you know um yeah. so then i was like okay now they're finally hypothesizing it just yeah. took them long enough to like try to figure out what the heck was going on yeah um by far not a perfect movie but i mean just a really solid movie like i don't it was really solid one thing it was pretty well lit. Um, there was some really cool visual stuff, like yeah. with the light coming in through the windows in the yeah. cabin. Yeah, whenever the lightning strikes and it doesn't conclude, like it's it's mm-hmm. thunderstorming and then the lightning flashes and it just stays on. And you're mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. The really cool yeah. visual stuff like that. The only visual stuff I didn't quite like, well, because even the, the really good visual stuff was all cheap, cheaply done. Like. Yeah. I'm thinking of when he wakes up the first time and he's inside the cabin and he has the first nightmare yeah. and there's just bright white light shining in through the window yeah. and he finally opens the door and it's the liquor store, yeah. right? But that just that light coming in through the window into the dark house is such a cool visual effect and the way it looks on screen is so good, yeah. but uh, that doesn't cost anything. That's just a light outside of the set. <laughs> yeah. um, but... One thing that bothered me, and I only noticed this a few times, and this is a kind of a pet peeve of mine, I think, in most horror movies, especially horror movies that take place in the dark, is when characters have flashlights and they shine them at the camera. Yeah. I hate, it just bugs me, because it like, they do it a lot, and sometimes I think it's to make you feel uneasy, like, well, I can't, whenever they do that, I can't see what's going on, but to me, it just kind of annoys just me yeah, yeah and like it happens a lot in especially found footage movies where characters will yes, shine flashlights at the camera and i hate it yeah you know. um overall it's a really good movie well, we need I, to rank it don't we yeah i don't have a i don't really have a, any complaints okay and what they did well they did really well it wasn't like groundbreaking it wasn't like a cinematic masterpiece. They it just, just did. Solid. They just did. A, it was just, they just a good job. If that well. was a directorial debut, debut, I don't know if it was because, yeah. but I had never heard of the director as far as I know. Um, then that's solid. That is yeah. a solid start. Solid. So. Um, yeah, solid movie. I give it like a thirty-three. Yeah, I give it um thirty-seven. Feels good. Yeah, feels good to me. And I also realized last week I did not give a ranking to Twin Peaks: The Return. So I'm going to do that on a, it just for TV shows. If yeah. 100 is the worst TV show I've ever seen and um, one is, you know, Twilight Zone or whatever. Yeah. Twin Peaks, The Return, uh, is a 100. 
Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I'm kidding. It's probably like in 72. That's still really low. It's pretty low. Um, are we going to watch Carnage or uh, Venom 2? Carnage thing? We, yeah, I guess it, we should, and then we should do an episode where we just talk about both Venom movies so we don't yeah. have to do two separate episodes yeah. talking about them. <laughs> I think it'd be funny because Venom is my 50. It's literally right in the middle. I think it'd be funny to see where Venom 2 ranks if it gets higher. I think it'd be funny. Yeah. Venom 2 is like has a 20. That would be surprising to me. <laughs> Woody Harrelson, he can have that effect on people. Yeah, it's true. The other day, I was thinking. I, I think I remember. I, like the other day, I realized what my fifty was. I was mm-hmm. watch. I was thinking of a movie, and I was like, "Like this is my most mad movie I've ever seen," and I do not remember what it is. And I wish I could so bad, because I was like, "This is definitely the most meh I have ever felt in a movie." Oh, it was Cruella. Cruella is my... Did you see it? No, I didn't. It's my number 50. That, <laughs> right on. that movie is really dumb. Like, it's dumb. The plot is dumb. Yeah. But the cinematography is really good, and so are the performances. Mm-hmm. But the character makes... None of it makes sense, and there's re- the humor is really stupid. But there's a couple funny jokes. It's a 50. It sounds, it sounds like Venom. <laughs> yeah, it's like literally Venom. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. That's all I have. Well, you know what I have. Yeah, I know.